Thank you for downloading a sermon from the Chapel of the Cross. The Chapel of the Cross is a welcoming, growing, and historic Episcopal Church in Madison, Mississippi. I hope you will join us on Sundays for worship at 7.30 a.m., 8.45 a.m., 11 a.m., or 5 p.m., with Sunday school for all ages at 10 a.m. I also invite you to connect with the chapel online at chapelofthecrossms.org. Again, thank you for downloading this sermon. I pray it will enrich your walk with Christ. May God bless you, and we look forward to welcoming you and your family to the Chapel of the Cross. Holy and loving God, write a message on our hearts, bless us, direct us, and send us out living letters of the word. Amen. Please be seated. One Christmas Eve, more Christmas Eves ago than I care to remember, I was home from college. I was exhausted from recent exams, but I was also thrilled to be home after months away. It would be a very special Christmas, not only for my family, but for my church family. For that Christmas, that Christmas Eve to be exact, would be the first time that the parish where I grew up, St. Francis in the Fields in Harrods Creek, Kentucky, would use their brand new worship space. For years, generations really, St. Francis had been a very small place in a far-flung suburb of Louisville, way too far out for those city folks to bother with. But then the city grew. The city grew east along the Ohio River towards Harrods Creek. The suburbs expanded, and suddenly this little country chapel was surrounded by schools and neighborhoods and development, and St. Francis saw more and more of new families, and the decision was made to expand. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? (laughs) Don't fret, my brothers and sisters. The rector is not taking advantage of Christmas to preach about our future plans here at the Chapel of the Cross. But our similar history is part of this story. The very first service at St. Francis, when it was a very small mission, many decades ago, was Christmas Eve. And so when it came time to inaugurate the new space, St. Francis chose Christmas Eve once again for the first service. And I was excited as the church nerd that I am to be part of the festivities and worship in this new space. And I was doubly excited because my father and I had been asked to usher. Daddy, being the meticulous fellow he is, he studied and required me to study where we would stand to hand out bulletins, how we would pass the plates, and when we would go up to, uh, to bring the offering before communion. We would be prepared. But we were not prepared for one special Christmas task for the ushers, the lights. Like many parishes, the Chapel of the Cross being one, near the end of the Christmas Eve service, we would dim the lights and sing Silent Night and then disperse into the night, filled with awe and wonder of the newborn Jesus. 
And in the old worship space, the old church, this task was very simple. There were three rotary rheostat switches in the back. Silent night begins, you turn to the left. Silent night ends, you turn to the right. Simple enough. My father and I assumed, for some unknown reason, that the lighting setup would be the same in the new worship space. We were wrong. Near the end of the service, the communion was over, and my dad and I walked to the back of the nave, ready for our lighting cue. But our faces fell as we were faced with this enormous panel of blinking and beeping and moving lights. It looked like something out of Star Trek. We had no idea what to do. The thing looked like if we pressed the wrong button, it would make us a cappuccino rather than turn on and off any of the lights. So we did what any self-respecting geek and his son would do. We started pressing buttons. And at first, nothing happened. And then, and I'm not sure why, the lights dim, and the hymn began. It was a Christmas miracle. <laughs> Dad and I looked at each other smugly. Then the hymn ended. It was time to bring the lights back up again. And we pressed what we thought were the appropriate buttons. And nothing happened. And then we pressed more buttons. And still nothing happened. Irritated coughs were projected at us from the altar. We pressed every single button we could find, and then all of a sudden, all at once, every light bulb, every fixture, everything came on full blast, zero to 100, in no time flat. The change was so dramatic, parishioners shielded their eyes. Those with photochromatic lenses suddenly were wearing sunglasses. Children, way up past their bedtime, cried in their mother's arms. The priest was so startled that he tripped and fell on his face. Dad and I were not so smug. And thus concluded the first worship service in this new worship space at St. Francis in the Fields, Herod's Creek. A special Christmas indeed. Indeed. Every Christmas is special. For we hear again the story of Mary and Joseph and the baby, of magi and innkeepers and stars. But while the theological foundation of this story obviously lies with the Christ child, personally, my favorite scene in our story tonight is the shepherds. Here they are. Ragged, tired, smelly, keeping dumb and accident-prone beasts on a cold night. They are the long-haul truckers gassing up at the truck stop. They are the baggage handlers at the airport tarmac. They are waitresses working the third shift at the Waffle House. They are no one in particular whatsoever. And then, and then, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were terrified. 
But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. For to you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is the Messiah. And suddenly there was an angel, a, a, a multitude of heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth, peace. Our 21st century faith, especially in this Episcopal church, speaks of God in very subtle, nuanced ways. We speak of God as a process of working in mysterious ways and our prayers being answered in a manner sometimes we don't understand or perceive. And I do not disagree with this intellectual, authentic approach to God. For God is as complex as a fractal and as deep as the greatest ocean. But sometimes... More often than we realize or understand, God is an explosion. Life is normal, life is quiet, life is comprehensible and controllable, and wham, God happens. I am imagining a comic book and one of those scenes where the hero strikes the villain and the frame is filled with an enormous pow or blammo. Our God is a God of action. And sometimes his work is as big and broad as a December sky. And we, unlike those shepherds, we who know the story and who know the beginning as well as the even more powerful end, we who claim to follow this infant king, we should look for it. I know a woman named Tracy she is a friend of a friend. She is a hilarious wit. She is a talented photographer. And she is an Episcopal priest. Tracy is fa facing a more frightening Christmas than some because she has recently received a very serious diagnosis that has led her to resign her ministry after a long and successful tenure. And in conclusion of a letter that she wrote to the parish announcing her diagnosis and subsequent decision, she wrote, Friends, this God thing is real. Don't let anyone try to talk you out of it. God is obviously real, as real as the nose on your face or the star on top of the tree. And on the average day, we feel God moving in the wind, in the warmth of the sun, in the hand of a friend, when you go to someone's house for a dinner party and there on the table is one of your favorite dishes made just for you. God is here. But tonight and many other nights, God is bold and barefaced and burning. And we are called to notice, to celebrate, to be amazed, and to return as the shepherds did, glorifying and praising God for all we hear and see. The Emmanuel, the God with us, is finally here. And He is glorious. Glory to God. And Happy Christmas. Amen.